Welcome to Dreammakers, candid conversations with women that will change the way that you see success, purpose, and what it takes to bridge the two. I'm Neha Sampat, a three-time tech founder and CEO with a focus on companies that are places to dream big, build up, and be a good human. I'm CEO of Content Stack and also a certified sommelier. So yes, all episodes happen over a glass of wine. In this episode, I spoke with Heather Combs and Jennifer Ives from Three Pillar Global. Three Pillar develops software that helps clients improve their customer connections. Heather is Chief Commercial Officer and Jennifer is SVP of Global Partnerships. They are colleagues and longtime friends. At the heart of this episode is talk of friendship, paving a path forward, and the principles of leadership. Let's get started. Hi, ladies. Hi. Thanks for having us. I'm so excited to have you both here. It's my first podcast in a while with two guests at the same time. And I feel like I'm joining a smart, welcoming friends club because you guys are colleagues, but you're also friends first. Can you tell me a little bit about how you met? (laughs) Jennifer, you should tell this story. I love this story. So Heather had worked with someone who was changing jobs and was recommended to me and I hired him to join my team. And he happened to say you know, something about Heather Combs and you should, do you, do you know each other? You, you two know everyone. And I said, I haven't met Heather before. How is that possible? So he introduced us. Heather and I met for coffee shortly thereafter and within about 10 or 15 minutes realized we should not be drinking coffee together. We should be meeting for wine on beautiful patios, you know, frequently. <laughs> and so we moved it from catching up over coffee to catching up over wine on beautiful patios whenever life allowed us to do so. And how long ago was that? Oh my gosh, it flies six or seven years ago now. And at the time when we met, we're like, how have we not met before? We only live physically about a mile apart in in Arlington, Virginia, outside DC. And there aren't that many working professional moms with kids our age at the same time that you haven't somehow bumped into. I mean, at a basketball game or at a work function. So it was like really one of those like stories of like how have how have we passed the same rooms a million times and not met and and once we did we were fast friends and then we've worked together twice now in totally different capacities. So talk a little bit about that. So you've built up this friendship and an allyship really, but how has that helped you professionally over time? I learned from her all the time, every day. She and I are both natural connectors. I think it's just part of who we are. And we believe in not only connecting with people, doing good in the world, connecting other people. When you see two smart people like, hey, do you know each other? You shouldn't really know each other for various reasons. And Heather is that person. And she's always paying it forward when it comes to interesting people, skilled people with interesting jobs and job opportunities and us now being able to work together twice in different capacities, but being able to work together twice has been, has been all Heather. And in both cases, I had an opportunity to recommend someone to an opportunity. And Jennifer was right for, for both times. The, the first one was two companies that were getting into partnership together and one needed someone to help open a U.S. presence. And so Jennifer was obviously a natural selection for that. So I had worked with her in the partnership capacity, but then in a totally unrelated relationship, I knew David DeWolf, the CEO of Three Pillar, and he was looking for someone who could head in the technology portfolio at Three Pillar, which is really someone who had both a business development background and technology skills, who could speak to the technology piece. And 
you know, he was looking through some candidates that weren't really exciting at the time. And I said, you know, I think I know someone. I don't know if she's looking. I don't know if you could you could take her out of her other role. But I know someone who fits this profile. It's kind of the purple squirrel of both sales and tech and engineer by, by training. And they met and Jennifer actually first accepted the job at Three Pillar before I ever worked here, um, it, then the world developed and, and I also wound up at Three Pillar. And so now we, we work together again at a totally different company and totally different roles. And it's been awesome because you do have this underlying understanding of each other. And I think not only with Jennifer, but with all the professionals I work with, especially the women, I have a keen sense of, I love your word, allyship, but we're, we're in this together. And there is more than enough opportunity to go around. I'm happy to share it as wide as I can. That's awesome. I love that story. And I love the idea of drinking wine together on patios. And I hope that I can visit you in DC to do that. But in the meantime, I've shipped each of you a bottle of wine. So let's have a quick chat about the wine because that's a big part of the Dream Makers podcast. And this one is a Sancerre. It's a 2018 it's the Lucien Crochet Croix du Roi. So it's a little tough to say, but it's a really beautiful wine. What's really cool about Sancerre's in general is that you really get the taste of the terroir from that region, right? So it's like a lot of rocky soils and you can get the flavor of that. Like I almost kind of taste the granite <laughs> when I drink this wine, the minerality really comes across strong, but it's also got a really great acidity and a freshness and a crispness. And I chose this because Jennifer specifically said that she likes Sauvignon Blancs and Sancerre's and Heather kind of likes bigger wines, but she was also a fan of crisp white wines that were dry. And so I tried to find something that would be exciting for all of us to try. So let's have a quick sip and just have a chat about the wine. What's really cool about this one too, and before we started recording, I was talking about what got me so passionate about wines. And it's a lot about the stories and, and the drama and the, and the passion that goes into making the wine. And this is actually made by Lucien Crochet, who built this wine based on the fusion of two different wineries and two different regions where the wine growing estates of his father, Andre Crochet, and his father-in-law, which is also named Lucien, but Lucien Picard, he brought the two estates together to make this wine. So it's actually really beautiful because it's the culmination of bringing together the two sides of his family. And his father-in-law was actually one of the pioneers in bringing Sancerre's to the bottle, but also taking Sancerre's to Paris for the first time back in the 1950s. So he's, he's a true pioneer, and that kind of shows up in the way that, the, that this shows up in the bottle. And it's a beautiful wine. I hope you like it. Oh, I like it very much. And I love knowing the history and the story behind the wine. That's wonderful. And it completely hits the mark of a bold, crisp white. It feels like you're outside on that patio. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I absolutely cannot wait until we can actually do that together. But let's talk about a little bit more depth about your friendship and like your friends and your colleagues with a purpose. And I would ask the question, you know, if you had to complete the sentence, we're on a mission to blank, what would that be? Mm, I would absolutely say it's to pave the path forward. I am ultra passionate about women in leadership, specifically now in, in the three pillar world, women in technology, but 
you know, at work, I feel like I have the opportunity to be on a platform and in a position to help pave the path forward for women. And then in my home life, I'm the mom um, raising five daughters. That's remarkable, Heather. (laughs) I feel like sort of the world called and said, like, your job is to like make an opportunity for women in this world just a bit easier and make the the set of things you can you can go and do and be wider and more accepted and and I love it and I lean into that and and I do it at home and I do it at work and and I do it at work because I hope that that these little girls are watching me and believing they can do absolutely anything they want to do. I love that. It's awesome. Jennifer, anything to add? I have a similar passion. I don't have five daughters. I grew up with three sisters, so three girls in the family and I have a daughter of my own and a son and There's just so much in the world that should be available to both of them and women in particular. And there are different ways of supporting women, just like there are different ways of supporting men. I'm very passionate and have a deep mission around in particular women in technology and female founders. We can talk all about those things. (laughs) I like to to advise at least one female technology founder at any given time. It's usually two, but one or two at a time. And that's important, like just being able to give back. And I met you through Empower Her. I wonder if you could tell our audience a little bit about what Empower Her is, why you do it. And, you know, how do you think that that's moved the needle? Yeah, Empower Her is three pillars. It started as our internal women's program, women's affinity group, women in leadership, where we started offering some soft skills type training and networking for the women in the organization. So we have built up a 50-50 leadership team. So we have 50% female leadership team. And and just before the acquisitions we've done this year, so I'm still working on the numbers now, but we were a 30% female global engineering team. And that's just unheard of in the Texas. That's remarkable. Yeah, that's crazy. And I love it. We have some great stories we could tell. We had at one time, we were building an awesome digital product for one of our clients. And we had the entire team from the buyer through all of the engineers were women. And we were reluctant to let that one poor man onto the team. <laughs> Today, it's broken up. It's it's uh, it's definitely a diverse team. But for a brief moment, we had an all-female team with a female buyer. And I loved it. That's where it started. And then we started having the question from a couple of other local companies in the DC area that said, wow, we're trying to do something for our women. You know, tell us what you're doing. And I said, forget tell you what we're doing. Why don't we just open our doors? If we're going to bring in a great guest speaker and we're going to have a breakfast for women, why don't you come? And that just caught on like wildfire. So before we knew it, our friends at The Knot or at C-Vent or at PNC Bank were hosting And we went from 15 women to 60 women to 600 women. And we added a a monthly newsletter and we started sharing stories. And it's just absolutely a homegrown effort, no cost of any kind to take women, give them the topics they're interested in, in the room that they want to meet each other in. So there are early career women who are eager for mentors. There are women who have accomplished amazing things who are willing to dedicate their time. So in Allison Shapiro teaching the room about using your voice and public speaking or someone speaking on your personal finances and not being afraid to invest as a woman. And those kinds of things have just, they've led to this 
I, w- I would call it underground, but it's not because it's really spread through the community, but just homegrown opportunity to pour into other women's lives. And along the way, I've gotten to meet some of the greatest people like you. Back to Heather, what you were saying about paving the path, like that's kind of how you do it, right? You're you're showing the examples of how it's done and how other women are accomplishing things. And that's really why we built this podcast is to be able to show the listeners that there are different ways to move forward in your career. What I think is really awesome is that the two of you took this on as a company initiative, and then you actually convinced the company to to support you and support the women in the organization. And then it's also had an impact on the industry as a whole. And to me, that's not just powerful, but it's a superpower. So transitioning, you know, let's talk about superpowers. What do you think your superpowers are and how has that helped you? Oh my gosh, Jennifer, yours is so clear. You better share it. <laughs> taking ideas and seeing where they fit in the market. So taking technology and being able to kind of boil it down really quickly and, and, and pretty quickly understand potentially where it fits in the market and how to get it into the market and grow a market. I think you take your superpowers for granted until you're kind of out in the world and you realize, oh, not everyone sees that. Not everyone knows that this is the technology and this is how it can be used, or these are the two people or the two companies who should be introduced because they're amazing apart and together they could build you know, a whole new industry or sub-industry or market. So I don't know, is that what you were thinking, Heather? One of yeah, those- I always think of Jennifer as like superpower is to be able to like bring things together where like one plus one equals something greater than three, right? Like whether it's people, whether it's opportunity, whether it's these ideas about businesses that come together. I mean, there's a reason she's ahead of partnerships now, right? Is that she sees the world as an opportunity to bring the Legos together and build something amazing with them. I'm always in awe of how she does this. I think of myself as an extrovert until I get around Jennifer. And then I'm like, oh, actually, I think I might be shy and scared. Um, <laughs> and I'm technically an introvert. So, <laughs> Heather, what do you think yours is? What stands out to you? So I, I would say it's sort of these like two parts of like a similar skill set, but it's it essentially boils down to like a, a word that I would use in so many facets, but it's tenacity. It is the fact that when somebody else tells me their vision, the idea, the thing that needs to be accomplished, stand back and be careful because you might regret you said that because it's going to happen now. Like I only know one way forward and it's to just go through it one step at a time until you make it real. And so there's not a goal or an effort or a workload or an ambition that you can set forth that like, I won't just start driving forward. And I recognize that there are people, luckily I'm often paired with that have great visionary skill. That's not me. You give, you give me blue sky. I'm like, I, it's a great day. I'll just sit outside. I don't know what to do with it, but you give me an idea and by golly, you will see it come to fruition. And I just think that's the piece that for better or worse, uh, I bring to the table is just chip away at it one day at a time until you've got something great. <laughs> at Content Stack, we say that we're dreamers and dream makers, and you kind of need both, right? And I, I consider that like really the dream maker because you're taking a vision and you share that vision, and then you're putting it to life and you're executing against it and you're making it real. And that's really what dream makers is about is how do you take something that is just an idea and like really give it life, but also make it sustainable so that it can then carry on beyond you, right? And that's really a powerful thing. 
what I find really fascinating about both of you is that you're leaders and that you have a lot of passion for women in leadership as well. And you're paying it forward regularly. And I see that, I see that show up in just the conversations that we have, even in our partnership between our companies, but let's talk about leadership in general and some of the principles there. And, you know, in conversations with you, I've learned that there's a few principles that stand out. One that is leading with empathy. So Jennifer, can you talk about that? Yeah. What is interesting is that I I think leading with empathy has been something that I, I probably had for a long time in my whole life. And again, you kind of take these things for granted until someone names it. And then you say, oh, it's called something. It's called leading with empathy. You mean caring about people (laughs) as human (laughs) beings first, and then they will do amazing work once they connect with you. And once they really understand that you empathize and you, you care about them, that's a thing that's called leading with empathy. Okay. Well then I'd better start writing about it because if other leaders need guidance in that area and need to be introduced to it, then let's, let's get going. Let's go ahead and and have those conversations. It's believing in the human being first and that the business comes second and the business will drive forward in tremendous ways. If you care about not only the people who work for you or roll to you or work with you, but also with your clients and treating your clients with empathy and understanding the shoes that they're walking in and what's happening in their industry and are there ups or downs in their industry and really understanding what they're going through. So it's prioritizing the health and well-being of your internal teams. It's prioritizing the health and well-being of your external teams and leading with care and, and letting your teams know that you care and, and meaning it too. Absolutely. I think this is one of the ways that we wound up both working for the same company again, or in the the same entity with the, the last time we were in two different companies that were partnered, but this time the same company, because there is a deep values driven sense of purpose at three pillar. There's very much a belief that, um, that we're one team and that the human comes first. And so my joke early on, when I joined three pillar, I was like, I'm not sure I'm nice enough to work here because it's just one of those places (laughs) that you can walk through the halls pre COVID and you might find somebody with their, their son or daughter with them on the way to the dentist appointment, or you might do a really important acquisition phone call on a baseball field with someone who was like not missing their kid's game. Or Jennifer's had a hard couple of years. She she lost her mother recently and the team rallied around her and said, take all the time you need to be with her while you can be. And then once once you needed to be with your family afterwards, continue to be out, continue to be where where you need to be. And we're going to be here when you get back to support you. And that's the kind of company you want to pour your life into and that kind of culture really is pervasive and someone like Jennifer really like helps lead the way in acting like that and being able to talk to put words to what that culture is. Yeah, it's kind of silly that it needs words, right? And I, you know, as CEO of a company, care is at the center of our values. And I think this is why our companies actually get along so well too, is that we do share those values. And when we make deep partnerships, we think about that, whether it's investors or employees that we hire or companies that we partner with, we think about aligning on values. And it's super important to have that. And you said one team, I don't know if you can see it behind me, but the the mantra at ContentSec has been one team, one dream. And it's really about everyone coming together and you know being able to align on getting to the finish line together and sharing that finish line, whether it's about something personal or about a customer's success or about something company specific. 
we all have each other's backs. And I think that's super important as a leader to exemplify that from the top. And I, I love that both of you do that. Another leadership takeaway that's kind of related that that you shared was that you always have something to give. And that's one of my mantras as well. You know, for me, this is one of my biggest principles that I stand on. And whenever I get the opportunity to talk about women in leadership, one of the things like it's really easy to talk about all the men. It's really easy to talk about society and um, the things that have held us back or down over time. But here's my call to other women also, certainly my male, my male counterparts, but also to women. It's like you always have something to give, whether that is time to be a mentor or I happen to now be blessed to be in the position to make hiring decisions. So I can decide to give someone their first chance on changing career paths or coming back after a stay at home stint or investing my training dollars in giving them a skill set that will advance their career either now or when they leave the company. Writing a recommendation letter for them to leave us and go back to graduate school. You always have something that you can give to somebody else that helps advance them, their interests, their causes. I love it. And then kind of moving to the next principle is knowing what you will not be willing to compromise on. Can you guys talk about that? Gosh, I I feel like these are the things that not willing to compromise on are things like honesty and integrity and doing good in the world. When you say it out loud, you think, well, isn't everyone following a similar North Star in their life? But as you grow in life, you realize that no, not everyone has that same and that similar North Star, but honesty, integrity, being principled, and diversity and lack of diversity in technology. We're just, we're, we're not willing to, and, and Heather has done an incredible job on making sure, and the leaders, all the leaders at Three Pillar who make these decisions, me included, it is imperative to have a diverse pool of candidates and to look beyond what you might consider standard candidates, to ask questions a little differently, to write job descriptions a little bit differently to attract a a wider pool of talent to your company. I appreciate so much that there's been a a lot of attention on that, on just underrepresented minorities and balancing the candidate pool and leveling the playing field. And I really appreciate that you both are leading by example. And that kind of leads me to the fourth principle, which is, you know, show others how it's done. You know, when we were talking a little bit about this recently, about how there really are these moments that as a leader, as by being watched by so many amazing people, that you have an opportunity to show your values even in the most subtle ways. So there's been a lot of talk, of course, in the tech community and Silicon Valley, do we take maternity leave? Or are gentlemen, are they taking paternity leave? And what does it communicate to hundreds in our case, thousands of other people, if you do or don't take vacation, if you don't drop everything and say, I have a family emergency and I'm going to miss this meeting and I will be gone, you know, in in showing people that it is absolutely okay to take care of yourself, take care of your family, take care of your friends and be that human first, because you can talk all you want about unlimited PTO. So popular in the tech space, we have it as well in, in the U.S. office. And if you don't use it, you're still making a statement. And so I think that I find increasing levels of responsibility in making sure that I'm not talking the talk, I'm walking the walk. And I'm making sure that at every point, 
the actions that somebody else might emulate, I would be proud of. And I try to use that litmus test sometimes of like, if, if awesome people I work with chose to follow this pattern, or if my daughters chose to follow this choice, would I be proud of them? And I look back at some of my early career decisions and some of the things I tolerated and the answer would be no. And so today I will, I try to hold myself to a much higher standard of like, you know, would this be okay if my daughter were in the room? Would this be okay if a 23 year old first job out of college colleague were in the room? I love that transition from the workplace to home because you have multiple roles to play as a role model and a leader. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like raising girls and boys? I know, Jennifer, you have a son as well. Just what's the impact that you bring from your leadership at work and how does that play out at home? And what do the people that are looking up to you learn from that? Yeah, you've got a couple of really great stories that you've shared recently with me. Yeah, and I, Jennifer, I think almost has a harder responsibility than I do. I get to focus all on one gender. So like you, you Jennifer, you have to like balance, like what do you show a daughter? And then like, how do you like make sure that like you're raising a son that would like treat the women in your legs the way you would want to? So I think you actually have a harder job. But I'll share the one. I, I know what Jennifer's giggling about because I've been like thrilled about this like example recently. I mean, it was probably a couple of weekends ago. I was out in the backyard in one of these like nice spring days that were happening and my group of kids, so my kids are the littlest one just turned 11 and the oldest one 16. And so the, the younger ones were playing with a neighbor kid out in the back in this little fort they have, and they were playing office. So first of all, like, think about that. Think about what, what game we would have been playing at 12, right? And they were playing office. And one of my twins was the CEO. And a, another one of the kids playing was going to be the CFO. And they're having this whole conversation about who is in the office and who is in charge. And what I absolutely loved about this, first of all, was the hysterical part that at their age, I would have been playing house. I would have been practicing like vacuuming and holding a baby and like doing these things, which are all awesome things that I still do to this day. I mean, don't get me wrong, right? I cook and I vacuum and I do all those things way more than I would like with five kids and two cats. But that's what I would have been being. And and so I went over to the the kids laughing so hard and said, do you know what a CFO is? And they're like, no. (laughs) what it does like no but I'm gonna be it because it has a money (laughs) and what I loved about this moment is that here are these this like pile of little girls that they know no different in their minds playing make-believe playing opportunity this opportunity is that they could be the CEO and the CFO as much as they could be any other profession that they possibly thought of they could be doctors they could be school teachers, they could be moms, they could be anything but what they were playing at this time. And I just sort of bursting with pride to realize that this group of girls has never seen a presidential election that didn't have a a woman on the slate, has never seen a household where the mom didn't have a job that she loved and was proud of if they if that's what she wanted to do. And who also, you know, didn't they just didn't feel limited in any way. It's amazing when you think about paving the path forward, which is where we started, that that's already having an impact in your home and and your community. Even the neighbors are seeing this and probably reacting to it and and really just believing, right? Which is which is so important at that generation. I know we're running out of time, so I'm going to move into rapid fire and ask you a few questions if that's okay. I'm going to start with this, and if you both can jump in and just answer, what's your wake up song? <laughs> so I wake up to anything by the bleachers. 
Jack Antonoff, Anything by the Bleachers. It gets me going. They're fun songs. They're great songs. Anything by the Bleachers. I'm addicted to Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake. If there's <laughs> anything that can get me to shake my butt in the morning, that's it. I love it. Okay. If the 19-year-old you asked you today what you should read or what you should listen to, what would you say? Heather, go. I have a favorite book, uh, What Got You Here Will Not Get You There. And it's it's kind of written in the businessy world, but it, it uses this front end that talks about why even if you're you got into Harvard, now you're at Harvard, and everyone else also got into Harvard. And so, regardless of what you did to get to this step that you're at, make it any step. You've got to step it up for the next one and the next one. And you're you're in the top one percent, but so is everyone that surrounds you. And whatever that is, that could be a ukulele, as we learned that Jennifer is working on our ukulele <laughs> skills, or it could be in business, or it can be in college, or it could be anywhere. But that's my like, go back to 19 and be like, you know what? You never arrive. Never. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I uh, recently read Fran Hauser's The Myth of the Nice Girl, and I wish she had written it years ago when I was in college. And that's what I would recommend to my 19-year-old self. The Myth of the Nice Girl by Fran Hauser. Thank you both. Great recommendations. Can you recommend a wine? Oh, yes. Probably way too many. So I won't tell you all because that'll really show a lot of my secrets. Okay. Right now it's April in Washington, DC. Cherry blossoms are out. What would I, I would go Shamsburg Brut Rosé, right? So bubbles always make me feel like I'm celebrating. Jennifer knows this. I love to celebrate. I make up reasons, frankly, to celebrate and the rosé is just so spring. It's so spring. So that's what I would say. Jennifer, I'm sure you've got something totally different than that. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I love a crisp white wine. And so the Sancerre's, the Sauvignon Blancs, especially those from New Zealand. And so I don't speak French. I speak a little bit of Spanish. I used to speak it much better. I speak a little bit of Spanish. Now I understand it much better. So when anyone's around me and they're speaking Spanish, I can understand 80% of what they're saying. So Everyone has to be aware, but I can't speak it as well. But this is a French wine. And so, um, Neha, you're going to have to help me with it because I love it. And I, I I should know how to say it, but it's the Domaine, Domaine La, La Porte, Sancerre La Roche, 2017. Could probably could be any year, by the way. L-E-R-O-C-H-O-Y. I, I wrote it down, took a picture of it because it's... Roche? L-E, Le. <laughs> My French teacher would say Le, no, Le, Le. It's kind of like this one, which is an R-O-Y, which is a wah. Yes, there you go. Yeah, it's delicious. It's crisp. It's it's summery, although I drink it all year long. (laughs) You can catch me in January drinking a a Sancerre Sauvignon Blanc, right? Nice and cold. Okay, so I'm coming to D.C. as soon as we can, and I'm going to have a Schramsberg and a Le Roche. (laughs) on some patio somewhere. Last and final question, what should our listeners do tomorrow to help them become dream makers? So I answer this question, whatever version of this question, the same way a lot of times. So if you know me, you're probably sick of hearing me saying it, but my recommendation to people is lean into yes. Say yes. Take the job you don't think you're qualified for. Say yes. Take the job that you're sure will have too much travel for you to have kids worry about that problem another day. When somebody at work asks you to do a project that scares you to death because you're like, I have no idea how to do that, say yes. 
when someone asks you to be their mentor, when someone asks you to go to an event that makes you nervous or speak on stage, just say yes, lean into yes, say yes, and find out like what greatness comes from, from saying yes. Oh, I love that. And it's, oh my gosh, it's similar to what I'm going to recommend. However, I love the way that Heather phrased it. Don't put blinders on. It has to do with saying yes. My career is filled. My entire career is filled with, if I put blinders on, I'd never be where I am today. Thanks so much for listening to the Dream Makers podcast. You can reach out to me, Neha Sampat, on Twitter at NehaSF, that's N-E-H-A-S-F, with your comments, suggestions, your favorite wake-up song, wine, or Dreammaker woman to know. Please also leave a review and subscribe to Dreammakers wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, keep dreaming big, building up, and being a good human.